23-year-old corporate employee is going to try to be the youngest Japanese person to sail around the world, which is about 45,000 kilometers. And I, I read this story, and, and my first thought was, what the fuck kind of company does this kid work for? Like, it's going to take six months. So what kind of job do you get at 23 years old where you can now take six months off to go sail around the fucking world? I mean, I'm not angry at him, but... Jesus, if I went up to my boss tomorrow and said, hey, I want to take six months off to go sail around the world, first of all, I need to get a boat. That's already an issue. But... At 23, I don't know. This is clearly just a rich person thing to do, working for a rich company. So I know, I sort of understand the reality, but I'm not looking for a lot in my life, but there's no way I could have taken six months off to do anything at any point in my life. I had to work. I guess guess that is just jealousy rearing its ugly head, but come on, like 23, six months sailing around the world? Get out of here. Nintendo has updated its terms and services, which is very interesting because what they've included is if you're a Goomba, we're not going to fix your shit. Mm. So what they've actually put in, that's not the phrase they used, but you know it's an interpretive version of what they said. Um, if you use abusive language or make unreasonable requests of the operators, if you, this includes threats and disparagement, or keeping them on the phone for too long on purpose. Like you're just wasting their time. They have just included in their terms and services. They don't have to fix your Nintendo Switch or anything else. Uh, so screw you for being a Goomba, I guess. But actually a lot of people in Japan, they're really positive on this. Because, yeah, crappy people shouldn't get their stuff fixed. Okay, so here we are back. I got to remember, I actually think I forget some of the themes I come up with. So I got to remember them. And if I do that, I'll be more consistently thematic throughout all the episodes, which would be a good thing. We are back to international politics, which then takes me to my recurring segment of international politics as performed, uh-huh, as performed, as interpreted through the lens of high school drama, which is what this is. There is a Russian ambassador in Japan, and he's leaving. They're going to either replace him or I actually didn't care. He's, he's not going to be in Japan very much longer. And he's like, Japan's all like making relations difficult and stuff, and it's not, not our fault, and we didn't do anything wrong. Uh, and what he's saying is that like Japan not happy about the invasion of Ukraine, and that's put a strain on relations. And something you might not know is that World War II isn't actually finished. Japan and Russia still have not actually come to a conclusion about World War II because of some islands north of Japan. So they're still in dispute. So technically, World War II is still ongoing until this island dispute is complete. The ambassador, so he got a letter from America and some other people. And he, the ambassador's like, he denies the charge that Russia is occupying Ukraine. It's like, Russia's not occupying Ukraine. I don't even know what you guys are talking about. But even if they were, like the U.S. is doing it in many countries anyways, which is a weird argument if you take a second to think about it. Because what he's saying is like Russia is not doing this thing, but America is doing this thing. So even if Russia was doing this thing, then I don't see how you can judge, which is just like admitting that you did the thing. Like 
I'm trying to think of a high school example. If I kissed Becky, I was accused of kissing Becky. And then I denied kissing Becky, but John had kissed Becky anyway. So what do you even care if I kiss Becky? That's the argument they've just come up with for this. If you put it in that terms, it shows you how juvenile their arguments really are. As the outgoing ambassador, he decided to make a statement, and his statement was, the initiative should be from the side that destroyed the relations in the first place. So if the Japanese side feels like it's ready to present this initiative to improve relations, uh, we'll consider it. So that's honestly, that's classic like bully stuff. Like you mess this up, so you have to come to me and try to fix it and make it better. Uh, and then we'll listen to you. But you, again, you see like this is supposed to be an ambassador. This is supposed to be like people who are, you know, politically aware and, and take the high road and stuff and try to improve relations between countries. Zero attempt to do that. It's like you fucked it up. You come to me and you beg for forgiveness and I'll listen to you. I'm not going to forgive you. I just want the satisfaction of you coming to me. Uh, Russia, I don't think they're arguing in all sincerity, of them, to be honest, at the moment. A justice minister in Japan has been dismissed, and basically, <laughs> it's because he wasn't getting enough attention. I was trying to decide if the theme, the underlying theme of this week's episode was hypocrisy or attention-seeking, but it seems to be like almost a 50-50 split. He was speaking to a group and he said the justice minister position is low key until there's an execution and then daytime news starts to pay attention. So in Japan, they still do capital punishment. Like they still execute people who committed, you know, very serious crimes. Um, and he's saying that he doesn't get any attention until one of these happens because he has to sign a thing. So they all want to come video him signing a death thing, like a certificate to kill someone, a state sponsored murder and that's because this is very dramatic news um but he's basically saying that's the only time anyone cares about him or what he's doing not realizing that basically what he's saying his position is pointless or useless until he does his thing but what he's actually saying is he deserves more attention which is the bit i was like ah i if you actually look past what he's saying what he's saying is like i want more attention i think people should pay more attention to me He's an attention-starved little child. And yet he's in charge of the justice ministry. So he's, uh, the prime minister was like, oh, he's a good guy. We're going to keep him. And then people are like, dude, he clearly just doesn't care about his job. He's saying all these dumb, all this dumb shit. You should get rid of him. And he's been fired. As on his way out, he did have to apologize, as you always have to do. He said, I'm sorry I treated the death penalty lightly and angered the public. And I bet you are because you lost your job over it. Um, the death penalty is never like a light thing. If you're in charge of it, like I could make jokes about it because I have nothing to do with the death penalty. Uh, I don't do death jokes on Ninja News Japan because death tends to just not actually end up being funny even if you try to make a joke about it. But if I did, there would be no consequences because I'm not in charge of the actual process. Uh I, I think it was sad because there's a couple other statements this guy made that made it very clear that he, he's a politician before anything else. All he cares about is the attention and the power that maybe he can curry from his positions in government. He's also said serving as justice minister won't raise much money. I, I would actually say that's not the point of being the justice minister. 
uh, or secure many votes. So he's saying, like, I'm not going to make any money off this position. I'm not going to get more votes off this position because I'm not going to get any attention because I'm not going to be popular. And that's all I really care about is being popular. Looking at our previous story with the Russian ambassador, you can see a lot of these politicians, what they actually want is to be famous and popular and important and have people care about them and pay attention to them. Um, and that's not the reason to get into politics. I know it's just a job. I know that politics is just a job and you are often, as a politician, put into a, a, a position of, that you don't maybe care about as much. But it's your job, so you should take it seriously. I mean, that's actually the short version. It's your job, take it seriously. Uh, this guy didn't and he got fired. I don't know if this was hypocrisy outright, but the leader of Yamato Q, which is the Japanese branch of QAnon, is mostly anti-vaxxers. Like I know Q actually does a lot of American politics stuff and Trump and stuff like that. But in Japan, it's primarily an anti-vaccination group. He was arrested for fraud because he was receiving welfare funds claiming no income. So he's basically saying, I don't make any money. I need welfare. The government should give me money. Over four months, he got 500,000 yen from the government, which is not a massive amount of money, to be honest, if that's what you're living on. But the whole time he was claiming he had no income, Yamato Q was receiving donations from the public, supporters of Yamato Q. The donations received over the same period, over four or five months, was 72 million yen. So I know, I understand, he's not getting all that. Like the donations go to Yamato Q, they have to pay for their headquarters, they have to pay some people doing administrative tasks or, or printing flyers or whatever they're doing, their administrative costs. But he's getting some of that. He's going to get enough to live off of. This level of fraud, this is actually something uh, maybe criminals also don't think about. So we're getting into Ninja News Japan's criminal advice of the week. Is the risk and reward balanced? So he got 500,000 yen, which, as I said, is not really that much money. Like, it's a lot, but it's not much. It, like, it's, let's say, like $5,000 over four months. So it's like $1,000 a month. Is that worth undermining the entirety of your supposed important movement for $5,000? Especially when you're getting donations of 72 million yen, do you need this money? The answer is no, he doesn't actually need that money. So the fraud wasn't worth it. So now he's undermined his message. So now he's saying like, I don't believe in vaccines, but we also know you commit fraud. So you lie. Are you lying about the vaccines not being effective or not being real or whatever? Can I trust you? He's undermined his own message by committing this fraud. So that's that's the risk reward kind of thing is what you have to think about if you're going to go into crime or don't go into crime if you're not going to be very good at it. I know I always kind of say, if you're good at crime, you should go ahead. But it's because no one's really, like, the only people who are good at crime are people in movies. Like, real people, like myself, probably you listening to this. You're probably not, you think you'd be good at crime. You think you could do things. But you're probably not good at crime. I don't know. I think the smartest, most reasonable people would not commit crime because they would understand the likelihood of getting caught is actually the issue. Anyways, we're going to move on. This is the hypocrisy. Uh, the head of an animal protection group was arrested for dog abuse. Which, I mean, that's it. You just need to read the title and go like, oh, seriously? Why are these people doing it to themselves? That's actually maybe the question. Uh, he, was, he had a couple of dogs and he was poking them with sticks and hitting them. 
And he said, he actually, when he was arrested, he admitted to it. He said, it's true that I used violence against the dogs, but it was to correct problematic behavior. But I think anyone who works with dogs over any amount of time knows that hitting them and poking them with sticks will not correct behavior. Ironically, the group explicitly takes problematic dogs to train them and try to correct their behavior. But I've, yeah, poking dogs with sticks is not going to correct their behavior. It's going to set them off more and more and more. And that's just, come on. So Elon taking over Twitter is an American story. But Japan has the second largest number of Twitter users in the world. So Twitter's a really big thing here. The Twitter layoffs that you've probably read about in other media sources, they have also affected the Japanese branch because, of, again, with the second largest amount of users, it probably has the second largest team in the world. The entirety of the public relations department was released. So when newspapers were trying to contact Japanese Twitter to get asked questions or get information or something, they couldn't. They basically, they got a message that they can't come to the phone right now, and then they didn't even take a message. There wasn't like a recording answering machine. There's a massive amount of layoffs. They can't even get that number yet. But the problem is in Japan is not America. It's not like, America's very much at will work. Like it's very easy to fire people. Japan, you have to have a reason. And uh, there are very strong workers' rights in Japan. In Japan, you can't do that. You can't just lay off half your workforce without reason. And the owners have swapped. So we have a new president or we have a new leadership is not a good enough reason to fire half your workforce. That new leader should try to utilize that workforce effectively. Uh, the company is in the red is not a reason to lay off people. You should try to use those people to get yourself back into the black because you've hired those people. So this is it. The workers' protections in Japan are very strong. So what Elon has done without realizing it, probably just put out a mandate, we have to cut 50% of our staff, let's say. That's affected in Japan, but in Japan, that's illegal. So now those people, they were just informed recently. So nothing's actually happened yet, but what's now coming is mediation. And then the people are gonna decide if they want their jobs back or if they take money from the company and then look for other jobs or something like that, or early retirement. But those people are basically up for money. They have one of the world's richest men has just fired them illegally. So they have a very strong case against like, hey, why don't you take some of your billions of dollars and put it up and then get us back in the black that way instead of firing everybody in Japan. In America, that's not going to work. In America, the government's like, oh, you want to fire half your people? Yeah, have a good time. Make a party of it. So that being said, this is, again, it's showing that people like just, just do stuff. I, I know Elon's been a, a thing in the back of my head for a while. Just, I think Elon's a bit of a douchebag. I don't think he's actually, I think he used to probably think things through and he doesn't anymore. I think he just does stuff and assumes he's a genius. This is the disconnect that happens when you get so successful. So I assume this happens with like artists and stuff, but business people as well. That as he was growing his company, he would take on other people's opinions and ideas and stuff and he would listen. And then he got so successful that he started thinking that everything he said and everything he did was right regardless. And he doesn't really listen. But that would mean he's not paying attention. I think this last part's pointless. I think I'm going to just cut it out. Anyways, one, one of the problems that the Twitter takeover is facing now is that different countries have different rules. And I think Elon is just using one set of rules and applying it universally and not realizing that he's about to get into a ton of legal trouble in Japan. And he probably thinks, again, he can just like walk away from it. Like it's not a big deal. But that is not how that is going to work out. <laughs> 